But where are you really from? A podcast about the Asian American struggle. Hi, I'm Angela Lin, and I'm Jesse Lin. Welcome back to But Where Are You Really From? Today, we are going to talk about a part of your identity that I think a lot of people are afraid to discuss in polite company. But here we go. We are going to be talking about religion and spirituality. And today we have a special guest to help provide a different perspective. Her name is Lindsay. Hey guys, I'm Lindsay. I've known Angela and Jesse for probably since our high school days. So it's been a while. I'm actually a little bit different from both Angela and Jesse in the sense that I'm actually part of Generation 1.5 as an immigrant. So I wasn't born in the US. I was actually born in China. But I came here right before kindergarten started. I think at around like five years old, you still kind of do remember like, you know, your your time there because your cognition would have kicked in by then. Thank you for having me. This is definitely a topic that I actually really enjoy talking about. So I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. I think a kind of baseline place to start since we are talking about religion is for each of us to discuss first what religion we were raised up in, because oftentimes individuals are not the ones who choose which religion their family brings them up in. So let's first talk about how our families chose to introduce religion to us. I met Angela through the temple that I went to growing up and my parents were Taoist. So that was the religion that we followed growing up. And Taoism has a combination of a lot of different things, but there's some aspects of Confucianism, there's some aspects of Buddhism. But to be honest, we, at least myself, I wasn't really immersed in what the religion actually meant for us. It was kind of just like a weekly nice gathering for me to hang out with my friends, Angela, and (laughs) other people who were at the temple. So it was more of a social kind of uh, situation or place for me. I echo that, obviously, since we were raised in the in the same religion, so Taoism. Um, I actually don't know if my family were Taoists prior to moving to, to Southern California or if they were Buddhist, because like you said, Taoism is like a, a sect of Buddhism, which is largely practiced in Taiwan. But yeah, same, same here. I think we were too young. And also the language factor is also part of it that like most of the scripture or the the books, I don't know how to call them, but like they they were written in Chinese, like ancient Chinese. So we did study them. They made us like memorize the text mm-hmm. and like recite it back, but we didn't really know what we were reciting or like what it meant. So for sure, I echo that. It was more just like a, an excuse to be with my best friends and for our parents to also hang out with their friends. <laughs> but Lindsay, you have a very different experience from us. So how about you? I actually started off atheist. My family's started off atheist. I think both of my grandmas at around roughly the same time when I was still in China, they both kind of tried to understand Buddhism and uh, like tried to dabble in it and stuff. But I think neither of them really got into it that much. We were just largely atheists growing up. And then I actually didn't become a Christian until our family moved to California when I was around eight years old. So then it was from eight years old, at some point, your parents decided that they wanted to test out Christianity or to join the community? Or how did that happen? 
when we moved to California, we were moving from Iowa, so largely like white community. When we moved here, it was for my dad's postdoctorate at the time. And when we first came, like we didn't know anyone. And I think this is something that Asian communities in like probably Western countries and stuff, at least you know, in America, they do really well. They really welcome you in, you know, just on the basis of your ethnic identity. When our family moved here, you know, we were sought out by the Asian American community at this church that was actually half white, half Mandarin speaking. And obviously, the main reason why they had been interested in us was largely just because we were Chinese American. That's kind of how we were brought in. It wasn't really like my parents sought it out. It was just more of a community relation. Now that we've kind of established what everyone's background is, where does everyone stand today in terms of their religious or spiritual beliefs? I'm this kind of like hodgepodge. I would say I mostly align with being agnostic, where I like definitely believe that there is something higher, but I don't know what that is necessarily. And I don't want to put a name to it. But I would also say I've had this like added layer of spirituality that came after I did psychedelic drugs, which we talked about previously. If you're interested, look back at that episode. When you go through these kinds of spiritual experiences through those drugs, you are opened up to this feeling that everyone is connected, that there's this energy that flows through like all living beings, and that there is this sense of like a greater power or greater entity or purpose that kind of like drives everything together. And during that experience, I also was able to connect a little bit deeper with this like Taoist background that we were brought up in. I did have visuals and connections with Buddha. So I, I would say after that, I am now more agnostic, leaning more towards like spiritually Taoist. <laughs> For me, I've grown, I think, in my Christian faith more and more. So over the past years, um, particularly since college ended for me and I joined like a really close church community, that's really helped me to really grow in my faith. Jesse and I are pretty ignorant in this topic. We know that there's like all these different branches of Christianity, right? Like Protestant, Presbyterian, I don't even know the rest of them. So like... Is there a specific branch that you're part of? And if so, why? I'm part of the Protestant Christian Church. I think the one I would most closely associate with is probably evangelical Protestant Christians. If you were to go into more like, am I Presbyterian, Lutheran, Anglican, something like that, I don't particularly identify with those because that's not the style of church that I go to. And I'm not sure that I belong there. What does evangelical mean? So evangelical is a larger umbrella of Christianity, particularly, I think, Protestant Christianity. Basically, evangelizing is to um, share the gospel, like the message of Jesus Christ among, you know, just everyone, your neighbors and the other nations everywhere. Evangelical Christians is broad in the term where we basically just recognize that that is what we're called to do by Christ and that is how we live. And Protestant versus... Roman Catholic. I'll be honest, I don't I don't actually know much about Roman Catholic churches. Basically, the Roman Catholic Church has um, a lot more like ancient kind of rituals and stuff. There's kind of like a lot more layers to it in the sense of they believe in things that the Protestant Church doesn't believe in. So for example, the Protestant Church is largely centered on the belief that your only way to salvation, salvation that is from your sins, is that you would need to know Christ and that it's that personal relationship with Christ that gets you there. Whereas like, for example, 
the Catholic Church, they look at it more from the perspective of, well, you need to also like venerate to pray to Mary. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mary, who's Jesus's mother. There's things like penances and when you do something wrong or when you sin to ask for forgiveness and things. They have kind of more things that are needed in order for you to get to salvation. Whereas for Christianity, it's all founded on one thing. And that's kind of the root of the fact that it's all based off of salvation from Christ alone and by faith alone. Jesse? I'll keep it short and sweet. I also identify as agnostic. I do believe that there's a higher power, but I've never had an experience that validated this feeling. And I told you earlier about this idea of Pascal's wager, which is this concept created by the mathematician Pascal, who says that sacrificing a few earthly pleasures is worth it for potential entry into heaven, even if you don't believe, because you can lose a few things now, but supposedly the afterlife is infinite, right? So you have infinite more loss to suffer if you don't believe. So that's kind of like how I feel about it a little bit. Like I do believe but mostly because it's like weird not to, given that everyone generally has very strong spiritual or religious leanings. And it doesn't hurt me in any way to try and like manifest that belief, you know? Let's get into the meat of this. Um, Another kind of baseline thing that we want to iron out first is this difference between the term religion and spirituality because I think oftentimes these terms are used interchangeably but they do have different meanings and so to start with organized religion we have the dictionary definition here it is a structured system of faith or worship especially one followed by a large number of people, such as Christianity, Islam, or Judaism. I think the point here is that, like, the emphasis is on the word organized, that there's, like, a structure around it. Versus spirituality, I feel like it's harder to define. I don't actually agree with the dictionary definition, so I didn't bother writing it down. <laughs> so I thought it would be interesting for, for us to have a discussion around that. Like, how would how would you define spirituality because I feel like for me a lot of what you said Lindsay resonated with me in terms of like having that personal connection that is what I kind of associate with the idea of spirituality that like it is a personal decision of yours to have this relationship with whatever the higher power is or like this feeling of connection between everyone and it is for for you that's how I see it how about you guys I agree. I think when you talk about religion and especially organized religion, there's definitely a lot of negative connotations with it. And I also feel like spirituality is something that is more personal than organized religion. Like organized religion to me is the structure, the bureaucracy, the how you go about being religious versus like your actual connection. So I think for me, coming at this from the perspective of Christianity, so I think Christianity is actually interesting because when I think about it, is it a religion or is it more spiritually based? And I would personally define it as probably both. The way that I see it, 
it is because the organized religion part of it, that comes from things like the fact that we believe in the Holy Bible. And then also I would say like, you know, church itself is organized in the sense of how you go about it and things and the community component of that. Well, I, that's definitely organized. But I would say though, to reduce Christianity to just those two elements, you're missing the spiritual element of this, you know, that personal relationship with Christ. And ultimately, I would probably identify that as more spiritual because it is a personal relationship with Christ in the end. So how big of a role does religion slash spirituality play in everyone's sense of identity and your sense of self? It doesn't really a whole ton just because I don't think about it all that much. And it really only comes into the periphery of my everyday when it starts to become not a personal spiritual thing, but kind of like a social thing when there are like overlaps or conflicts from the social component between like organized religion and like the things that I generally believe in outside of religion. I think originally when I first came to faith, I first thought of it as like, oh, this is going to be a part of my life. And then as I got to understand uh, the gospel more, I thought that, okay, well, maybe this should be a bigger part of my life. And then as my understanding grew even more and my relationship with Christ developed there, I thought, okay, this should be the biggest part of my life then. But I've come to know that that's actually all wrong, that Christianity is my life. So yeah, so it's involved in every every thought, every decision, just every facet of my life. For me, I feel like spirituality is underlying in my sense of identity, but it's deprioritized. A big realization that I had, especially on those like spiritual experiences, is that it is really easy to get bogged down in your everyday life. It's part of me for sure, but I don't think I pay enough attention to it or spend enough time kind of cultivating that. And it's something that I want to work towards, but I'm not I'm not putting in as much effort yet as I want to. So one of the kind of side questions related to this that we wanted to ask was, how do you reconcile your personal beliefs and your personal spirituality with non-inclusionary like parts of Christianity? What do you feel when you see a different person who practices a different kind of Christianity saying things to other people that are really hurtful or exclusionary or don't really feel like it's part of what Christianity or the Bible teaches? If I'm to be sincere about my faith as a Christian, which is founded on God's word, which is the Bible, I can't just believe and agree some part with some parts of it and not other parts of it. This would mean that even for parts of the Bible that our culture nowadays uh, may call out as non-inclusionary, I would need to trust that God has always had a greater purpose for these things beyond what I can currently understand right now. And in action, though, as Christians, uh, we're called specifically by the Bible over and over again to love others. This command to love others as ourself is really the core of that. So basically, when Jesus walked the earth, he showed a love for people that was radical for his time. But he did it in a way where he didn't change who he was or compromise what he believed. And so we as Christians are to model after his way of loving. And I think in practice, honestly, the church does fall short of this love. And I would say that that's largely because the church is made up of sinners to begin with. You know, people who do fall short of being able to achieve this kind of love. So what would you say is your truest spiritual experience 
that you've had that made you feel close to God or to a higher power? I think it was when my seven-year relationship with my college sweetheart had ended. Uh, We were engaged for a year at the time when that fell apart. I think that experience, if I had to pinpoint something that was revolutionary and convicting of my faith and radically just changed how I viewed God, how I viewed my relationship with Christ, I would say that that would probably be the moment. Is that because after that really difficult moment, you found strength in this relationship? Or what was it that this moment kind of triggered? Yeah, I think strength is definitely something that came from that. Because I think when you're in that position, you know, you're, you feel like you have every, well, I felt like I had everything robbed of me. And so I did feel very weak. So strength was something that I definitely sought. I think I also wanted to be at the core of it to be loved when you're when you're breaking up with someone you feel unloved. And so I felt like strength was one thing that was given love was one thing that was given. But I think ultimately, just feeling his presence being so real through that whole process with me was just radical because I think presence is something that you really need in order to have a genuine relationship with anyone. So if you can feel someone's presence there, then I think that really makes it real to you and kind of solidifies that you have this this person in your life. Jesse? I would say that I haven't had a come to Jesus moment for lack of a better <laughs> term, but I do kind of resonate with what you're saying, Lindsay, in the sense that like, when I look back at parts of my life that I thought really sucked, or were really dark and at that moment i was like i'm never gonna crawl out of this terrible disgusting like slime pit that i fell into it doesn't suck so much now so it feels like there's some progression to where i am now i just don't necessarily attribute it to something like religious or spiritual but it is something that i can look back and say that i'm grateful about that makes sense For me, I feel like I had a triggering moment. It was my MDMA journey. It was an extremely spiritual experience for me. And what you said about just like feeling and knowing that presence was with you, I felt that instantly when I was in that journey of like, I knew that I was connected to everything and every spirit. And this connectivity was not like, a learning I had, it was just like, I just knew it in my soul. And from that point, that really like opened up my spiritual like willingness to look at the rest of the world. But then when I did ayahuasca, I mentioned that I saw Buddhas and they were essentially like three Buddhas that were like circling me. And I felt just this protection from Buddha. And it was like, they didn't have to say anything. It was I knew that they were there to protect me and that they were always going to be with me and have always been with me throughout my life. And then my last kind of piece of the puzzle was, so we talked about how part of the reason Jesse and I didn't connect with Taoism when we were growing up is that it was taught in Chinese and these books, like we couldn't read Chinese. It's it's hard, right? As like a kid. And so even though we were taught the Dao De Jing, which is like the main book in Taoism, we didn't know what it meant. 
And so after I had these spiritual experiences, I felt like it was worth seeing if I could connect with these texts now as an adult after having these experiences. So I bought it. And as I read through it, there were so many things in there, so many teachings in there that I was like, this is exactly what I need in my life. And these are like the struggles that I have with like my self growth. And this resonates a lot with me. And I wish that I had been able to connect with this sooner in my life than now. So, you know, aside from that period in your life that helped you find your relationship or develop your relationship further with God, what do you do on a daily basis that helps you renew or build that relationship? There's definitely things that as a Christian are is supposed to help us, you know, build that relation, that ultimate goal of building that relationship with Christ. Part of it is definitely reading the Bible. And so I think for me, I'm currently doing two Bible studies right now. Both of them are like doing it what's called inductive style. And basically, it kind of reminds me of what Angela just brought up about trying to understand like original text. Part of the inductive Bible study is that you go into the original Greek, so trying to understand which Greek word was specifically used in this passage, in this verse, to try to get the author's original intent and like a more fleshed out understanding of what they were originally trying to say. So yeah, so reading the Bible, praying every day is really helpful. Prayer is really just this uh, relishing in this gift that I have this direct connection with Christ and that to act on it would be to pray and to establish that relationship and to keep that up. And then I would say the next and probably final component that I'll talk about is going to church, community, being involved within community. And the reason why this is important is because Christ does describe the church specifically as his body. And so you can already see from there that Christ and the church body have a very close relationship that is meant to be a consistent and like a regular part of the faith and the walk. What about you, Angela? I mean, you mentioned that you want to do more things to develop yourself spiritually and you've got the Tao Te Ching translated. Are there like other things you've been doing to try and widen that? So I would say the things that I do that are not on the daily but that helped me remind myself of this connection with spirituality are reading the Tao Te Ching. And also there's this book called Journey of Souls. And my therapist actually recommended it to me like a year ago. And it like it's one of the best books I've ever read. It is written by a psychiatrist who specializes in past life regression. And so the book is all about the findings that he has discovered through his client sessions in therapy about eternal life. In his sessions, he's able to use hypnosis to get the clients to essentially remember some of the past lives that they've had. So then they're able to discuss kind of like their transcendence into just like their eternal souls, their actual selves. And so that book reminds me that this life on earth right now is transient and it's not who we actually are. It's like one phase of who we are, but who we really are is the soul that's inside of us. And so when I read that compounded with the teachings from the Tao Te Ching, it translates not daily life into the way that I carry myself with my interactions with people. I think my practice of being more spiritual is remembering who I 
actually am. And so when I'm feeling like super heated, super angry or whatever the like negative feeling is, I have to remind myself of that knowledge and then remind myself that like this is temporary. This is a test. This journey of self-growth is the way to be closer with spirituality and to be closer with my soul. Oh, I love that. I actually, the only thing that I was going to add is that I kind of do the same thing. I feel like to be spiritual, you have to be, you have to introspect once in a while, right? Like you're saying either through prayer or through what you're doing every day where you're like taking a breath. And personally, I've also been doing that more and more just because I've noticed that my temper does also get really out of control sometimes. But then when I stop and just like talk to myself about the situation I'm mad at, it may not necessarily be like a religious practice, but I also want to achieve a state where I am less bothered all the time. So Lindsay, you mentioned that a huge piece of Christianity is this body of Christ, the church and the community. How important is that in your life? So I think in terms of like the church body and the importance of it, I think it's crucial, honestly, to be part of one. Being part of a, the Christian body is really important and being part of the church is really important because it's through the church community that we can practice loving and serving others and that we can also receive that kind of love and being served as well. So that's part of it. But, you know, also it's just his design for us as well. Like, you know, it's not good for people to be so lonely and is one thing. And I would also say that as an example of how the church community is so important when it's coming together is the fact that Jesus calls us to care for the marginalized, to care for the people that are probably being unseen or, you know, uncared for. And, you know, how the church can actually actively do that is to come together and to support these people. So I think that's another facet. The church is supposed to very much take care of those within it and the community surrounding it. Angela, where do you feel like the community that we were in growing up, how important was that for you? Oh, incredibly important. I mean, not because of the religion, though. <laughs> like, we already <laughs> talked about this, but... The best thing that that organized version of Taoism did for me was meeting you and Karen, who is our other best friend. We've all been like extremely close friends since we're like five years old, essentially. So, and that's going to continue for the rest of our lives. So even if like we are all in different paths or levels of connection with that original religion, the ability to have met you guys and to spend every week with you and like develop our friendship is unparalleled. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I also have to say that looking, and this is like another one of the <laughs> looking back moments where I'm like, that didn't suck as much as I felt like it sucked <laughs> during the middle of it. But, you know, when we had to do those classes and learn the texts and stuff, like at the time it was kind of like a little bit of a drag. But now that I look back on it, it's not that I took a lot of learnings away from it, but it gives me more appreciation of the value of those things in the context of our heritage and our history. Digging more into the Asian piece of it, because we often like to contrast kind of East and West. One of the things that is interesting to us is that, so you and your family are from East, the Eastern world, right? But you subscribe to a religion that was founded in the West, do you ever think about that? Like, does that ever bother you in any way? Or like, 
Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely know what you're asking, where you're coming from. (laughs) And (laughs) it is a very interesting thing. So when I looked into this more, I think one thing is that the Bible actually, the start of it, it's actually before, I guess, like that more visible split between East and West. It's older than that in the sense of just existence. So an example of this would be um, Noah's Ark. So Noah has three sons and actually it's from his sons that the different continents and the different like, you know, ethnicities and things split off and such. Given that, I would then say that while it is kind of a religion that has had more visibility and, you know, is more perpetuated from the West, I don't know that I would necessarily call it a Western religion, though, even though I understand that you're you're saying that it does seem to have come from the West. It certainly didn't come from East Asia, for example. And I was actually looking into this more recently to kind of really think deeper about my Chinese American identity. So thinking about that more, I was researching the Chinese church. And I was actually finding things about how, you know, Christianity is actually really just blowing up in Asia right now, for one. And, you know, the projected numbers and the increased growth is just crazy. And I even came across this one resource that said that there's actually more Christians now in China than registered members of the Communist Party. Whether or not that one fact is true, I think it's safe to say, though, that Christianity really is increasing and increasing rapidly in the East. And then final kind of fun question related to East versus West. Do you still partake in any like Asian woo-woo superstitions, like superstitious Asian things like, you know, you go to some houses and they have that octagonal mirror hanging over the door or you have some, you know what I'm talking about. For sure. I'm pretty sure my mom has that in the backyard. So <laughs> we can start with that. Actually, when I was last talking to Angela, I was giving her a tour of my room after cleaning it. And there's just this red thing hanging on the back of it that I don't even know when my mom hung that up. Probably when I was away at college. And I can't take it down because it doesn't match anything in my room. But it's there out of respect for her. And I guess that's kind of where my answer for this is. I think there's a difference between partaking in these kinds of, you know, Asian ancestral rites and rituals and things, and then also genuinely like believing that on the inside, you know, for it to kind of sink in deeper. I think it kind of comes down to, again, that relationship with Christ. So if this is going to be something that I do that's going to affect my relationship with him, then that's going to be an issue. But if this is just something that is not going to affect me on my relationship with Christ, and this is more of, you know, trying to show love and respect for somebody else, and that's kind of where that line is drawn, and they're aware that, you know, I'm coming at this just from that perspective, then personally, I would I would say it's okay. Like, I haven't, I haven't destroyed that octagonal mirror that's somewhere in our house or taken down this red thing. I mean, also recently, as I was back in China for my grandmother's funeral you know I was there to kind of be part of with with the family to kind of send her off and it's very ritualistic you know when you when you bury somebody and stuff in your family in in Asian cultures so you know I came for uh, the tomb sweeping so I came for that and you know it is kind of like a ritualistic practice and I had to kind of really think about this deeply um, and really pray about it as well and is doing these rituals going to inhibit my relationship, my walk with Christ? Is this going to be an issue? Or am I making this clear to my family that I don't believe in what these practices mean, but I'm doing this out of care, love, and respect for you guys, you know, as a way of, you know, honoring our whole, our family as a whole.
Okay, so a lot of heavy discussion today. So to close it out, as you know, since you do listen to our podcast, we always like to close with a sweet treat in our fortune cookie closing section. And so for today, as a kind of pick me up related to the topic, our ending question is, what are you most grateful for as part of your current or previous, Jesse, (laughs) religious (laughs) slash spiritual experiences? I will start this one. Growing up in the Taoist temple, I'm most grateful for having met you and Karen and having that friendship, obviously, which is very much so an anchor for me now, number one. And number two, I am grateful for the kind of like rote memorization exercises (laughs) they made us do because my memory is so shot right now. I'm so glad they made me do that. Otherwise, I would literally not remember anything. (laughs) Nice. For me, I am definitely very grateful for you and Karen in my life. But the second thing I'm grateful for is just the eye-openingness of the spiritual experiences I had in putting me on the right path for self-growth. Because I really do think that the way that I actively work through my spirituality is through my self-growth. So to be conscious of my actions and like the motivations and the drive behind that and to be able to kind of manage that better that's something i'm very grateful for for me i feel like there's a lot i think probably the major thing is knowing that basically the foundation of christianity is that you know we didn't do anything to deserve or to earn the status the identity that we have that is based in christ that's something that i'm really grateful for because then that relieves me of that pressure to live up or to perform and that also makes me realize though that it is truly just by that grace that Christ has given me that I know him and that I'm able to be saved that it's not possible to earn it like I can't be smarter and earn this or someone else can't be smarter than me and earn this or someone else can't be too stupid or whatever to to know Christ because that's not how this is based and that's not how this works actually I would call that in pretty inclusionary so I, I think that that is actually really something that I'm really grateful for and then secondary, I would also say, yeah, community. The community that it's brought for me is is huge as well. Um, being able to walk with people that share my worldview and that support me and that encourage me and that they're praying for me as I'm struggling and I'm praying for them as they're struggling and that we're just, you know, mutually helping one another. But beyond just helping each other, that we're trying to strive for really loving the world the way that Christ loves the world. Well, guys, if you liked the episode, had some feedback, or wanted to tell us something about your own current spiritual or religious experiences, feel free to email us at telluswhereyou'refrom at gmail.com. That's Y-O-U-R-E. And as always, please rate us five (laughs) stars on Apple Podcasts. See vous play. (laughs) And if you come back next week, we'll have a new episode for you then. Until then. Sai Jian. Sai Jian. Sai Jian.